Hello and welcome to yet another episode of That Girl with the Curls. It is me, Sam, the girl with the curls, hence the title. Um, this is uh, episode 48, if, which is all about Star Wars, if you didn't notice in the title. Um, we're coming up on uh, about a month, a uh, month and some change, away from the premiere of episode 7 of Star Wars in the Star Wars saga, which is The Force Awakens. And at the time of this recording, uh, we were... Um, basically kind of reacting to the last trailer. Um, so trailer number three, which is the last full trailer we're going to get until the movie actually premieres in December. So uh, I pulled in a few of my friends, uh, Tiff, James, and uh, JP, who makes his triumphant return once again. Uh, he's always popping up here and there, right? Uh, basically, I wanted to just kind of have a smattering of people who know some stuff about the extended universe, some stuff is just purely movie-based. That's mostly me, I think. Um, I might have the least amount of knowledge of the Star Wars universe in terms of detail and expanded stuff, but that's why I find people who are much more knowledgeable about this stuff than I am, so that I can have them talk about it. Uh, yeah, so that's basically where this started from, and we, we talk about not only uh, the stuff leading up to Star Wars Force Awakens, but also just, you know, a, a lot of the cartoons, you know, things that we know are going to be somewhat in canon, and then stuff that maybe isn't going to be, but we would like it to be, perhaps, maybe, if Disney is listening, <laughs> perhaps, our great overlord mouse. Um, I apologize for the lateness of this episode. Uh, I've had this uh, for about a week and a half, almost two weeks now, but I got a little busy and then I went on a bit of a vacation uh, over the Halloween weekend to Disneyland. So I got to see kind of firsthand how Disney is handling a, a major holiday. Uh, well, you know, I guess major holiday, but it's my favorite holiday. And I uh, got to see the Nightmare Before Christmas set up in the Haunted Mansion, so I've just been kind of riding on that high for a little bit. But thankfully, uh, enough time has passed, I guess, where we're, like, we're gonna run out of uh, need to talk about Star Wars for a while. I mean, this is gonna be talked about well into the premiere and well after, for better or for worse, so fingers crossed that it's good. I'm really hoping it is. I, I, I really am hoping it is. But... Uh, this is uh, just a, a cavalcade of people coming in and wanting to talk some Star Wars. So uh, please to enjoy, sit back and relax, and listen to us talk about some Star Wars.
Sam, but let me tell you, Battlefront is amazing. Oh, this is the Star Wars Battlefront? Yeah. Yes. It'll be more amazing once they've balanced out the fucking Rebel Alliance, because... <laughs> you mean when they, they bring balance to the Force? <laughs> right? Well, they admitted, like, when they designed... So there, it's one particular level where um, the Imperials have walkers, and it's on Hoth, so they're raiding the Hoth base. Mm-hmm. And, like, they have just a clear advantage. Those walkers are a bitch to fucking take down. And so the rebels, like, just start off, like, just getting just anally fisted. And it's just the worst. Like, and so, like, after the beta was over, like, Dice came out and they're like, yeah. It, it was unbalanced, yes. Uh, like, really strongly so. Well, uh, I saw this in a movie that. once. All you have to do is, like, tie the legs up, right? You get a cable. That's what I thought. <laughs> that, that, and they even give you those types of ships. I was just like, oh, do I do I have the magnet cable? Do I have that? It's like, Empire taught me everything I need to know <laughs> about taking down AT-ATs. <laughs> right? Uh, Apparently not so but, much in the games. <laughs> no, no, not at all. No, it was just spawn kill. I, there was one... There was one match I played where it was literally like five spawn kills right in a row. Spawn die, spawn die, spawn die. Spawn. Yeah, that was a really bad issue in the game too. It's like they would keep like, especially in, and it was again in that in this particular like battle mode, like you would just spawn in the same location until the enemy like captured the checkpoint. Like once they captured the <laughs> checkpoint, then it forced you to spawn farther back. But until that time, you just kept spawning in the same spot. And if somebody stayed far enough away, they could just sit there and just camp you. Are you talking about spawning, like, coming back from the dead? Or... Yes. Okay, I'm just making sure I've got the terminology straight. <laughs> this is like, I have no idea why you're saying spawning. Like, this sounds like a bunch of frogs are, uh, you know, populating the Star Wars universe right now. Or, or better, uh, that multiple versions of spawn just keep showing up <laughs> oh. and destroying things. Crossover! <laughs> I'd play that game. I'd play the shit out of that game. Like, would you, like, spawn the actual uh, awesome hero to come into the Star Wars game? Yes. yes. <laughs> Can you make him a hero, please? Please and thank you. <laughs> would he be a hero, or would he be on the Sith side for a little bit? Well, that's the thing. They call So, in the game, once you've gotten so many kills, um, or gotten your score to a certain point... Um, these random unlocks will show up on the map that you can get uh, that uh, once you unlock it and you activate it, mm-hmm. you take the place of a hero and they just call that call it that across the board. It's not like super villain or hero. It's just all of the people are heroes, I guess. Um, so you'll either if you're on Empire, it'll be an Empire hero. Mm-hmm. If you're on if, if you're at the rebels, it'll be a rebel hero. So like in this case, uh, you, uh, in this particular map, you can turn into fucking Darth Vader. Shit. Who's just OP as fuck. He's slow as shit because, you know, metal legs. Well, um, he's also got, like, asthma. And right, <laughs> like, he's just wheezing. But he has like, a saber throw. Come back. Well, so you can force choke people, which okay. is infinitely entertaining. That never gets old. Um, <laughs> or you can saber throw, so you just chuck your lightsaber at people You're and kill them. <laughs> right? You just, like a boomerang, too, because it comes back. Cause, you oh know, my god, is, grab. is there a, is, is there a, like, a lightsaber <laughs> boomerang? That would be awesome. <laughs> right? Oh, it's so good. If, like, they, can, if they can curve uh, blades, I mean, they, they've shown that they can do variations on swords or whatever. I want a fucking scimitar lightsaber. <laughs> right? Well, and it was funny, a friend of mine, like, po- like he 
posted a picture just a couple of days ago, and it was a, uh, and it was a, uh, it was a, a saber axe. So the axe head was like the lightsaber. The rest of it was you know just one big handle. Mm-hmm. And he was just like he was like, yes, this would have to be in the universe because obviously there would be a Viking somewhere in the Star Wars universe. I was like, that's fair. I mean, but unfortunately. What's the- that thing would get cut into pieces in no time by another saber user. <laughs> That's a, I mean, but I, I, you know, when they were getting on about uh, Kylo Ren's uh, the the new you know lightsaber that looks looks like a sword basically. Yeah. Uh, and people would just be like, "That's not blah blah blah." It's like, dude, it's Star Wars. You can do anything you want in Star Wars. Right? It's like we've proven that because we accepted the midi chlorian thing for like three movies. <laughs> Even though I'm pretty sure the next three are just gonna quietly push that under the rug, <laughs> just be like, "Yeah, that midichlorian stuff that w- that was the old uh, Republic." <laughs> like, I'm, oh, I'm hoping so much, so much. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a lot of fan theory that suddenly popped up, um, which uh, I mean, it's it, it's interesting theory uh, with. Because cause that is the one thing, like, the one strange thing, like, kind of just missing from that whole trailer is, is like, the big appearance of Luke and shit. And oh my so. god, yeah. I, I feel like, because J.J. Abrams is actually really good at keeping things secret that he wants to. I mean, yeah. except for, the you know, the Wrath of Khan remake that he did, uh, <laughs> which wasn't even a very good Wrath of Khan remake. Um <laughs> We'll rehash the same story and switch roles. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I I actually really, I do like those two, the two Star Trek movies he did. Um, The first one I think is a really great, you know, whatever you want to call it, soft reboot or reimagining or whatever the hell you want to say to it. Um, And the second one, I understand why they did that and where they went with it. You know, I, I get it. But yeah, it's like when you compare it to Wrath of Khan, you're like, guys, come on. It's like, come on. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, with uh, with this, like the with the poster not featuring Luke at all, unless he's like some magic eye thing that you have to cross your. <laughs> you have to, it's like, oh, it's Luke on a boat. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. So unless it's that, uh, and then he's not in the tra- in the in the most recent trailer, except for that one shot that we saw from the previous one. Um, there's got to be something big going on with Luke because you know that they would put the three originals out there, you know, because they're the three original, you know, uh, characters. So there's got to be something going on with him. And I, there's, I've heard things that maybe Luke might die or that he might go evil or something like that, but I'm... He might be Kylo Ren? I don't think he's, he's not Kylo Ren. He's, uh, because that's Adam Driver. Are we sure? Pretty sure, because I think it. Well, I don't think IMDb is a very good uh, source <laughs> on like, that. Really? Do you want to? Do you really want to reference? Shut that? up, James. Shut up, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> I'm gonna pull a Darth Vader at the end of Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> like, oh, no. So bad. <laughs> I was just so angry. Like. Not even, like, so much with that. Like, that was just lame, and I was like, really? Okay. I oh, I, I still... But then as soon as they, like, dubbed it into <laughs> fucking... Into the, re- like, release on Blu-ray at the end of, like, the the uh, um, um, Return of the Jedi, mm-hmm. I was just like, 
no. Like, I'm literally, no! Like, why? You're doing a better no than James Earl Jones did. <laughs> right. I was just so mad. I was like, I fucking hate everything happening right now. And it's like, that scene could have been a lot more powerful if they hadn't done... I mean, because from what I've seen of it, because I still haven't seen that movie all the way through, because I was so burnt by the other two, and like, and even say, because from what I've heard, the third one is the best of the three, but that's only saying so much. <laughs> like, uh, you mean out of the prequels? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it, and it is. And it's, and it's not, again, for for any amount of fucking Hayden Christensen's acting. Like, his <laughs> acting is still shit. I mean, if anything, it actually starts to fit. Uh-huh. Kind of. But, like, his anger really just still keeps coming across as, like, he's just an angsty teenager who's pissed off because people <laughs> keep telling him what to do. Yeah. And he doesn't like it. Um, Obi-Wan so, yeah. doesn't trust me. Me, 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 me. I mean, the fight alone, like, the fight scenes in that movie are phenomenal. Like, the final fight scene between him and Obi-Wan is really well choreographed. It's really well done. Mm-hmm. Um, you and McGregor's delivery, uh, as far as, like, his lines, like, like that last line of, like, you know, you were supposed to be the chosen one. <laughs> you were my brother. And, like, he's powerful. And then you look at Hayden Christensen and his whiny face, and you're like, <laughs> you're just, you're sapping the energy out of this scene, you a-hole. Like, <laughs> it doesn't help that, I mean, and for, you know, this is, that's the thing with George Lucas, like, his writing is so... Uh, <laughs> dramatic. Uh, yeah, it's like Hello he goes. Dramatic. He goes. He goes way over the top with this, especially because there's. I mean, really, with Obi Wan and, and Anakin's relationship, we haven't seen it develop even over the the three movies. Like we're just I, told that they're really good friends and blah blah blah. But and and even if you go back to the original trilogy, when Obi Wan, you know, when Alec uh, Guinness is going like, "We were good friends, your father and I." It's like, yeah, I'm not seeing that. Like, well, and that's the problem is like if you look at the interactions between like Obi Wan and um, Anakin in the prequels, and then like you watch the scene like where you know like they see each other because like after you've seen that final fight scene, uh, which was the last time him and Anakin ever saw each other, mm-hmm. like it was really dramatic and traumatic. Like it was just this huge thing that you would think like there'd be like so much more remorse and like it just didn't end up fitting at all with like. The first with A New Hope, when, like, Obi-Wan and Vader show down, and Obi-Wan's just like, it's been a long time, my old friend. <laughs> and, and then it's just, like, the, the witty banter between the two of them, and, like, and it's so anticlimactic. Yeah. When you compare it, you're like, that, what, what happened to being badasses? Like, you guys are a couple <laughs> of geriatrics trying to hit each other. <laughs> well, and yeah, I mean, it's just that whole thing where the, the choreography in A New Hope is so stunted. I mean, the way that Alec McGinnis and I forget the guy who's, like, actually in the Vader suit when they, like, yeah. when they do the first, uh, their first battle, it's just kind of like, ah, yeah. This is, I mean, it's just, it's so, like, I, I don't even know what's happening right now. <laughs> There's, it's really hard to see it all as one... Co- you can't see it as one cohesive story because they don't match up at all. Right, right. Yeah, it's uh, it's disappointing. Mm. I, I, and, and I think it's so many of the reasons, like... And, and that's just it. Is like, I, I told somebody the other day, like... They're like, I don't know. Like, there's, there's a lot of... There's a lot of plot holes. And I'm like, yes, you're right. 
you are a hundred percent correct. There's a lot of plot holes. There's a lot of issues. You have to remember the first movie written by George Lucas in that trilogy. He was still a really new like writer director. Like mm-hmm. this, this was him like trying to break it into you know break into an industry um, with ideas that people had been shrugging off for years. Going, no, it's not possible. That nobody's gonna like that. Nobody's gonna like that. And so finally this guy, like, gets it together, and he makes his movie, and it's everything he wanted it to be. But it you can tell it's, it's like a new journalist just starting out. Like, their writing is not great. Like, yeah. you know what they're trying to say and what they're trying to get across, but there's such a better way they could have done it. Mm-hmm. No, I, I totally agree. I mean, and, and the thing is, like, once you get into Empire, it's... I mean, I I was talking about this with a friend online the other day, like, George Lucas is a great idea guy. He has some fantastic ideas, um, but he's he's not very good at the execution of them. Uh, That's why Empire is so good, because he's just pretty much a producer on it. Like, he's not directing it, he didn't write it, his name is slapped all over it because he produced the fuck out of it, but he's not the one driving the ship. (laughs) I know, and that's why Empire is the superior movie. <laughs> right. Then yeah. I, I don't remember. Well, did he direct uh, Return of the Jedi? Um, I think he directed it, but part of the problem, and one of the reasons, like, there's a lot of aspects of Return I really, really like, mm-hmm. and then there's a lot of aspects like Ewoks. Um, <laughs> like, when I was a kid, Ewoks were the shit. When I was a kid, I loved the Ewoks. You I cared about the Ewoks awesome. as a child. <laughs> but now that I'm an adult, I'm like, they're a bunch of fuzzy fucking teddy bears. Like, lo- logically, there's no way, even with all of the strategy in the world, that they would be able to take on, at being as primitive as they are, a bunch of assholes with fucking blasters and fucking mechs and fucking, like, no, like, no. Um, so, yeah, it just, oh, so much of my childhood just, ugh. Wasn't it supposed to be, like, they were supposed to be, like, on Kashyyyk or something like that? Like... Like, it originally was going to be yeah, on the so Wookiee homeworld? Yeah, originally, and, and this was the problem. The whole problem, from my understanding, was it... Lucas, by that time, by the time they got to return, he was so focused on merchandising and, like, building the brand rather than writing a great fucking story that a lot of shit never made it to script, a lot of shit got cut from script, and then other stupid shit, like Ewoks... Like, Ewoks, that's the whole reason they're there. It was supposed to be originally on on uh, Kashyyyk with the fucking Wookiees, mm-hmm. which I was like, fucking Wookiees would have been amazing. <laughs> like, why did that not happen? Um, but yeah, it was entirely like he fucking like because he wanted merchandising. He was like, oh, we need something more that plays better to you know young children, mm-hmm. and so he fucking made Ewoks purely for that basis. Like, they had no place in the movie universe other than him building the brand overall. Welcome to the podcast. This is all about the Star Wars. <laughs> We're going to talk about them and everything. And I don't know if I'm doing this German accent, but it's really cool to me. Let's keep doing it. <laughs> oh my God. That was the concept I had the other day. I was talking with some people and I was like, how much better would Star Wars have been if the fucking, if the Empire had all been like German? <laughs> Not Nazis, just German. Just German sounding. <laughs> oh my God. So good. So good. No, we need to have British because of the Revolutionary War. <laughs> <laughs> hello, hello. Hi, sweetie. It works! Yay! 
Now we're just trying to get JP to uh, respond to us. He's blatantly ignoring us. <laughs> it's like yeah, if I, unfortunately, if I'm... now I'm working with a bunch of fucking millennials that <laughs> legitimately edit my shit. But like, so I, I haven't posted yet. I need to. Um, <laughs> so they even do it with your life. They just posted my article, the whole Jimmy Kimmel thing that I fucking wrote up. Um, yeah. And I'm here to tell you the majority of what you all read mm. is that everything in concept and some of the words are mine. <laughs> Most of the words, they like completely edited. And like I asked about it. I was like, Jason, I'm not I'm not really used to. Yes. Yay. Yay. I'm not really used to like this version of editing. Like usually like in the past when people have edited my work, they edit grammar, punctuation, um, ask me to expand on an idea, um, spelling, you know, what were, where were you going with this thought, you know, clarify this and I just do it. And then, you know, it, it goes out. I was like, whereas you guys, uh, asked me things where you just like totally reworded some of my paragraphs, not, not to, to like get away from the idea, just to better flesh out the idea. Mm-hmm. So you sure. just kind of did the work for me partially and asked me to do some of the work. And they're you like, have a passive aggressive ghostwriter, right? Well, and he was just <laughs> like, and, and Cody was like, I've worked for like other newspapers and stuff, and in most newspaper gigs, that's completely normal. Like mm. they, they they edit it that way for for to, to make it out. He was like, the idea being that you start seeing how they would how how we would like to see the article better fleshed out, how we would like to see uh-huh. it worded like that, and then you just start doing those things. And I was like, I guess that's that makes cute. sense. Or I'm fucking lazy, like I am. Mm. Right. I'll just <laughs> and you'll never do that. <laughs> or I'll just keep stuttering my fucking words and my sentences, and you guys will just, you know, make me sound like I'm really intelligent. Like, and when people meet me, they'll be like, that guy wrote that? He's a fucking moron. What? <laughs> he sounded so smart in the article, and now I, I can't we even... Tried, what? We tried doing that at, at, on the website for a period of time, and then I realized... That was a shit ton of work <laughs> for no good reason. Well, and they the difference here is they have they do have people like that is entirely all they do for fan pup is they just edit everybody's work. That's it. And most of them are people uh, and most of the ones doing that are all the partners. They're mm. everybody who's oh. actually invested and they're actually being paid. So if people who are being paid are doing the fucking work, more power to them. Right. Word. <laughs> And it's like and it's like four or five people editing. Like oh, oh nice. Fuck. Yeah. There's a team. Oh, yes. I I wish we'd had a team. <laughs> like that would have been uh, well. We did for a while there. It was like Profit and Bex and uh, a couple of other and what Liz Long or whatever. Like they were awesome. And then everything started falling apart. <laughs> <laughs> As it inevitably does. Rachel went back to work. I, it really came down to Rachel, and it was she was babysitting a, t- a teenager, Ew. then going back to work. Mm-hmm. Nope. So it went from literally having nothing to do all day long to having everything. A job. <laughs> everything is fine. Yes. Don't worry. Perhaps I don't know. All, all I'm thinking now is I want a passive aggressive ghostwriter. <laughs> <laughs> say something for the benefit of my wife I'm having to Skype from my cell phone because it is now the best computing device I own it's <laughs> alright I am too because I didn't realize that when we had installed Windows 10 
it automatically <clears throat> got rid of all of my shit. So Skype, not on there. No. It's installed. But I was gonna say, if you have a headset that connects to your Xbox One, you can always use Skype on Xbox One, too. Eh, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> I would have to install it there, though. So and why I, are you making me have to do other work, other things? <laughs> like, I'm already installing it on my computer. If it becomes problematic, I will go ahead and switch over. It's just, for now, it's on the phone, and it seems to be yeah, fine. I don't use it for my Skype, because normally I'm recording from my computer. I just haven't reinstalled my recording software. Ah, uh, so you are also lazy. I'm fucking lazy. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly lazy. <laughs> James, are you getting Halo? Um, I'm not buying it. I'm renting it first because Halo 4 was such a fucking letdown that I'm not entirely sure Halo 5 will live up to my expectations. So, if <laughs> Halo 5 ends up being great when I fucking get it in my Gamefly, um, and I'm happy to play it with you and everything while I have it from Gamefly. If I really enjoy it, I'll consider buying it. But if it's just a shit show like 4 was for me, um, I probably won't buy it. I'll play the shit out of it for Gamefly and then just be done with it. I think I'll strongly well, consider I'm not, it. I'm not buying it either. I, the only way I'm going to play Halo is because I think that my that's what my brother wants to buy me for Christmas. So that it forces me to feel obligated to play with him. But, <laughs> familial like, guilt. Yeah, oh, how I, I love it. But I'm, I'm trying to gauge whether I'm how much of myself I'm going to invest in this, because the problem I have now is that the Xbox One is in the wrong room, and I literally oh. own zero games worth playing on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's probably because there are a few games worth playing on it right now. Yeah, so it's... Yeah, this is uh, the problem Tiff's ran into, and mm-hmm. I, think, I think the crutch for her right now is, like, we have the Xbox One. If Halo sucks... I don't want this anymore. And she will eventually <laughs> probably work towards trading up to a PS4. Probably. Because <laughs> the PS4, honestly, honestly, what I other system-specific games do we have that would work well for it? Really? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, JP, so. by the way, this is my friend Tiffany. Tiffany, JP. <laughs> Tiffany, you're welcome to upgrade to a PS4 because I was just mentioning the other day that our Destiny clan is, um, well, it's all men and that's, it gets to the point where it's just like you start to feel like you're being inadvertently exclusionary and i just don't want to be that um, yeah you won't feel exclusionary with tiff pretty much ever. <laughs> i mean like there's it's very interesting to try and do anything with me and think of me as, as like, a gendered type of person. Because, yes, I look somewhat like a girl, but I identify as gender fluid and have much more masculine tendencies in regards to personality, apparently. Especially when gaming. So... <laughs> this kind of brings us full circle how we started this conversation. <laughs> so I don't try and add some estrogen to your clan, but I make no guarantees whatsoever. Like, like oh, the, the chemical will, yeah. will be there, but whether or yeah. not it's actually, like, present. <laughs> no, this is like this is like filling out that you're Native American on your college application when it's like your great-grandfather's second cousin was Native American. Every uh, white person ever. Right. So my grandmother was a Cherokee princess. princess. <laughs> oh God, damn it, Sam! Yes. <laughs> you really just need a token check. So if you could just fill that one, we'll work good. Right. Check. They can call you. They can call you token. Oh my God, Tim! <laughs> Tim is for token. 
This is our token girl of the group. This Tiffany. You're like, hi. Oh, there was another clan I almost ended up in before you finally decided to make a clan, JP. Because like they that actually one of their clan leaders is a girl, and she is the only girl in their clan. So I was like, wow, like like everybody's just you know like this is the status quo we must maintain. We are all men, but we need one girl. It's like watching an 80s cartoon over and over again. Exactly. And what's so funny is that the, the, the women Twitch streams are always the most popular. So it's it, what's crazy to me is it seems like there's no gamer girl gamers because anytime I'm in a group, whether it's in our clan or in a random group, never a female gamer. Unless they're killing me in PvP, which is seems to be all the time, everybody. But well, because gamer sure. culture is so yeah. inclusive, right? That they would really uh, want to be in a group of guys who are just gonna, you know, say awful things to them. Well, and honestly, that's that's a good point that Sam brings up. Like, uh, I don't typically let on, I guess, that I'm female in any way. Like my my gamer tag is not very indicative of gender. Uh, I'm rarely inside of any kind of public chat because fuck randoms. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, like, you might have been playing with a lot more female people than you'd ever think because it's a it's a conversation I've had with several female gamers. Most of us just don't interact on a broad scale basis because the chance that we're going to experience some sort of, like, hey, you're a girl! is just so unappealing that we don't take the chance anymore that that won't happen which well, you know most people are pretty fine on on the whole there's remarkably few douche bros for how many times i've been on xbox live but well, to be completely yeah. fair though our clan is douchebags to each other in as much as we would be to anybody of any gender so you know to some extent it's also i mean Obviously, there's a maturity issue that just goes along there. (laughs) That's cute that you use the word maturity. (laughs) Well, no, but I mean, like, I can I can make fun of Sean about his being Canadian and you know his being you know fat and a ginger and whatever else. He had cancer. Anytime someone makes a cancer joke, we all kind of call them on it, right? Mm-hmm. Like we get our lines, yeah. But we're like, okay, only Sean is allowed to make the cancer jokes, right? <laughs> so, but that's legit, though. Yeah, right. Chris hasn't figured that out yet. Well, no, but we call Chris on it. Don't give him a hard time about it. Chris has so, some e pickup issues. Um. Yeah. So we're here to talk about Star Wars, right? Sure. <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, I mean, among other things. Oh, yes, of course. Actually. Yeah, no, I, I figured just because, you know, we're about two months out from from the premiere of uh, Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens. <laughs> <laughs> I like that was all strung together. Yes, that's, that's, that's how I do most of my long-ass titles. <laughs> It's like the Hobbit and then Journey. <laughs> That's all you need is Hobbit and then the Journey. Well, yeah, I mean, really. <laughs> the long ass journey that won't stop and won't die in a fire. The guy goes on hike. It's really long. Yeah, 
you loved the first two movies. The first three movies where all they did was walk places. Well, now you get another three movies where they're just walking places. Well, I mean, I don't know if you've noticed, but white people really like hiking. Apparently. So, oh if you've ever been to Instagram but... and looked at hiking videos and <laughs> pictures, it's almost exclusively white people being like, look, we're on a mountain. <laughs> Isn't it beautiful? Don't you just love nature? Like, no, not really. <laughs> I don't. I love Netflix and comfy pants. Fuck you. Yeah, I like hotels. Thanks. Yeah. I don't need to be camping. <laughs> you know what's great? Running water. <laughs> you know what's great? Not being afraid of bears. Uh, so bad. <laughs> it's like snakes, general wildlife. Rocks, you know, <laughs> rocks, rocks, sleeping on rocks, sleeping on bugs, bugs sleeping on you. Rocks just hurling themselves at you for no apparent reason. <laughs> Wait, are we in an unfinished Xbox game? Perhaps. <laughs> or we're in a fantasy world of my own making. Woohoo! <laughs> so I do have to tell you guys one story about the trailer before we get into it. Oh, we're... going to be a problem for Star Wars, right? So my... my we're recording, by the way, already, so don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Everything so my... goes four-year-old who has probably watched at this point all of the original trilogy a dozen times, right? Because mm-hmm. he'll just watch them over and over and over again, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so he's watching the trailer for the new one, and what's the name of the new droid? Uh, BB-8. Yeah. So he comes up, and my son says, oh, R2-D2. And I said, no, no, that's not R2. <laughs> and so R2 shows up later, and he's like, oh, the real R2-D2. <laughs> it's like, that's right, son. The real R2-D2. Except no substitutes. That's right. Um, I mean, just based off of what you're saying, Jason, uh, what was what was everyone's initial reaction to to the trailer? And anyone can well, jump in. Don't we pick a, an order to go in, okay. I guess? Uh, based uh, on... Silence, or I'll scream at once. Silence, ooh. Uh, <laughs> according to what I'm looking at, it's going J.P. James Tiff. So we'll start with J.P. Like, uh, aside from your son's reaction to the real R2-D2 showing up. Uh, how, how did you feel? Yeah, how did you feel about the trailer, J.P.? <laughs> okay, so um, the trailer was fantastic, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's... What, one thing I think J.J. Abrams does very well... Um, is he balances the information flow. Yeah. Um, which is really hard to do in today's entertainment culture. Mm-hmm. Right. With, with all the trailers and everything else. But the the pre the previews have all gone exceedingly well. And the fact that we're not getting a real full trailer, like a true full trailer until two months out, is really a credit to him and to Disney for the information control so um what i like is that normally when i see him when i see trailers for a movie like with avengers after the second full trailer i stop watching them because at that point you're just watching the movie yeah (laughs) um and i like the fact that i could watch this trailer and still feel excited and it be as close as it is um the two things i will say is it didn't have the wow factor that either of the um, of the teasers had mm-hmm. for me, but um, 
that's okay. It was still very good. Yeah. The other thing is I'm starting to get concerned that, and I know earlier I heard Tiff talking about her, and my, I don't know if it was it's Sam or Tiff, <laughs> um, but someone talking about the fact that, I, I think it was Sam, that mm. the year, they're not highlighting the original cast very much in the trailer, and I'm thinking part of the problem might be is that this cast might be too full. I know the movie is two hours, but um, there is... I, I'm, originally, I thought we were going to get the story all from one point of view. The trailer kind of throws that out the window. It seems like we're going to get it from multiple points of view. And I do come away with it with a concern that maybe they're putting too much into the, this film. Mm-hmm possible yeah no I, have we considered the fact that it might be somewhat of a, a torch pass however especially in light of the fact that we have original casting and crew uh and then we're also not only getting a new movie a new trilogy but it's a whole new generation of fans who probably have not had a whole lot of exposure to the old star wars these people were from yeah i absolutely think that it that that's the case but if you go back and you watch a new hope and as much as that had a big cast, it's really told from a single point of view. Mm-hmm. There, Absolutely. It, it's very straightforward. You have one character to identify with. You really don't even get emotionally attached to Han, at least for me, thinking back <laughs> to when I watched the trilogy, until the second or third movie. He's kind of just that obnoxious guy who's there through the first film. Um, and and Chewie, again, it, you don't get those the emotional attachment to those other characters until later in the trilogy. Mm. Um, well, it's also because Lucas is, is very much following the monolith uh, story. So, I mean, and you know, rightly so it's the hero's journey and it's, it's Luke's journey that, sure. that we're following. So, I mean, yeah, if you look at the structure of a new hope, it very much starts off, it starts off with Luke. And then as he, he acquires more people in his circle, it's like, we do get, like, the scene of Princess Leia and everything, but it's, the story really starts when Luke gets the droids, and then we find Ben Kenobi, and then we get Han Solo and Chewie, and then we get Princess Leia, and and then that's that's the, the main cast there, and then they meet up with Darth Vader, and, you know, all that stuff. So right, it I, gets more complicated as it goes on. Exactly, like, yeah. in that first initial movie, how we're introduced to everyone truly is through Luke. And when he acquires someone new in his his uh, his uh, posse, it's okay, Dex. Exactly. <laughs> um, so I, I I do understand the the concern there, JP, because from I think the first the first like longer trailer we had, it looked like it was almost from Finn's perspective, which is uh, John Boyega. Right, and right. then in this one, it's a little bit more. It could be from Finn, or it could be Ray. Like I think it'll be interesting to see how they start the movie off and, and where they start it, you know? Fair. Like, because from, from what the trailer looks like, I mean, there is there is some kind of a thorough line in that we know John Boyega has to end up on, what well, I think they said it was Jakku is the, I think, uh, the planet. I don't remember, unfortunately. I was reading. I think you're right. Yeah, there were a bunch of articles I was reading where people who are not me were overanalyzing the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> And because everyone would just assume that Ray is on um, Tatooine, uh, but I guess there's another desert planet called Jakku. There are only two. Only two in the known universe. 
have yeah, only desert. <laughs> exactly. That's what I kind of do love about the Star Wars universe is that every planet has their particular thing. Like Hoth, the ice planet, and only ice. <laughs> like Jocko and Tatooine, just desert. Uh, so. What about, about Moraband? What are we going to see on Moraband? I don't know what Moraband is. It's I hate you. Is <laughs> 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 like, you have someone like me who's working only from the movies, really. Like I'm, I have no knowledge of extended universe stuff. Well, it's non-canonical now, so you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're in my arena now, people. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, but yeah, no, I, I totally get where you're coming from, JP. That it could be a really huge cast, and that will spread the story very thin. Um, or it could follow us the similar pattern of the new hope in, in, in a different way. Because yeah, we have what we have Finn, we have Ray, we have, uh, Poe Dameron, which awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, and, and I will be honest. I, I'm very concerned that I, Oscar Isaac, who I think is brilliant and Dom Hall Gleason, who I, again, I just love, mm-hmm. um, will get completely lost in this story. Like they'll just be passing you know, ghosts in the night. You mean there'll um, be like that shot where Poe, like, you know, walks by Finn and gives him that pat on the back, and you're just like, yeah, they're already friends! <laughs> right, yeah. They already well met, sir! <laughs> and he's just like, looking at him like, who's that douchebag? <laughs> um, okay, James, what was your what was your initial reaction to the trailer? Um, so, I mean, much like JP said, <clears throat> I mean, when, when the teaser came out, like, the teaser, like, I legit wanted to cry. I didn't quite get the tears, but I wanted to. Um, Were you and, and it was. It was it was it was really that gripping emotional moment, like right near the end of, you know, like Chewy or Ho. Yeah. Right. And Did I you... mean even just that line, that line alone, even going back to watch the teaser after a full trailer's been out, like still gives me just chills. It's really great. Mm. Did you go out and um, find like an onion and just start chopping it up to make yourself cry? <laughs> Your um, Christine comes in, she's like, what are you doing? Like, I'm crying. <laughs> I ran out of I ran out of Elway's tears. I need more from somewhere else. <laughs> the music with the speeder shot gets me every time. Mm-hmm. I just have the room in emotional breakdown. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, when I first saw the trailer, I haven't gone back to, like, really critically analyze it. Um, I mean, I I remember all the shots I saw. Um, Many of them were in the teaser. Um, Others weren't. Uh, So, I mean, ultimately, like, I was was left with a lot lot of questions. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, more over than anything. In the fact that, like, um, as said, like, we don't really see Luke, like, at all. Yeah. Uh, So it's like, well, we... We know they hired him, and they gave him lines. Yeah, he had the whole uh, voiceover. Lines, unless that was it. Like, like it's just J.J. Like, Abrams trolling everyone's. Like, yeah, Luke's totally in this movie. He would. Uh, he so would. I mean, there was there was that aspect. Um, I mean, there and there's a lot of scenes of like different things happening. Um, obviously, um, I mean, I, I read an article recently that touched on the fact that, um, like Leia. Um, really, they allowed they allowed the actress Carrie Fisher age, like they didn't 
try to change or modify that in any way to be like, oh, well, Leia, you know, because she's a woman, will look young forever. No, like, she <laughs> looks like a lady who's damn near fucking 60. Um, mm-hmm. Yep. Which was really I great. I that but, but, I mean, it was the way, like, the fact that, like, obviously, like, she's hugging Han, but they haven't led on to, did Han and Leia actually, like, go and get married? Or is this, <laughs> like, you know, uh, again, we're having that, they've met back up in the universe kind of thing mm-hmm. so it, it left me with oh, a whole lot more questions not even about new characters <clears throat> more about the old characters like what's right. their role what's their part yeah uh tiff what about you <laughs> honestly picking up from james's point that's very much where i was was coming at as well i'm willing to give jj abrams the benefit of the doubt on helping me to connect with new characters and to do the storytelling well because honestly if jj abrams can allow me to enjoy james tiberius kirk and not just be clawing my fucking eyes out then i mean anything is possible because <laughs> i i really i love star trek i do but i hate james t kirk and he made me like that character for what he is mm-hmm. so I wasn't as concerned about new. I am concerned, or rather curious, about old, like James was saying. Mm -hmm. Um, I am very excited that they brought back as many of the original castmates as they have. It's, It's heartening to see something that I connected to so deeply as a kid and as a teen, um, being being brought back in such a great way mm-hmm. because everything looks better <laughs> yeah. than it looks better than I could have hoped for. I can tell that he used so many real effects like what Kevin Smith was talking about in one of his podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, he used real set pieces as opposed to a whole bunch of, you know, digital effects and it shows. Yeah, so def- I look forward to what he does with that. It's definitely going to be a gorgeous movie. I mean, that's, oh. Just even from the shots in the trailer, I mean, and th- from the the first teaser that we had, when you get that that flight of the uh, of the Millennium Falcon, yeah, like, when that happened in that first trailer, that was just like, oh my god, it's it's like a way you could never really show the Falcon move because right. the technology wasn't there to do it back in the seventies and eighties. Whereas right. now we can, you know, if you use it's it, totally co- possible. oh my God. And, and they use it so well in that first trailer. And even in this, the latest one, where we're seeing more battles, like more like the X-Wings and the TIE Fighters and everything. It's like, God, yes. they can do the mo- much more chaotic idea of war and battle that as much as they touched on it in, um, in like Empire and uh, in, in Return of the Jedi, like this is what you kind of believe it to be. Like, this is how it would look in space and everything. So that every, which we've been used to with games as well. Mm -hmm. Like elite dangerous is a really good example of, of space travel and everything going on with modern tech. Mm -hmm. It's, just fascinating to see what is possible for them to do now and i'm excited about that for this movie yeah uh, you know what's you know what i think is a big part of it I, i'm not quite old enough to have gone and saw the movies in the theaters when they were there um originally but i i'm old enough that i know people who did mm-hmm. and sure. so they're the sentiment you always get was when you sat down in the theater and you saw at the beginning of A New Hope the star, you know, the, the first Empire ship coming across the screen. Oh, oh yeah. Like, <laughs> it was, 
it was something that never had been experienced before. Mm-hmm. And I, I am not as much of a hater of the second trilogy as many people, but I didn't enjoy it particularly. Mm-hmm. But what, what it, what for me it came down to is I think Lucas tried to do that same thing. And so, uh, but it was at kind of the tail end of, you know, the computer graphics boom. Yeah. yeah. And, and really kind of the excess that came out of the 90s, right? Mm-hmm. Everything and, digital forever. <laughs> right. And it was just, it was very prevalent. So I think what would really be incredible is, and I think Abrams can do this. I, I have faith that he has this capability. That when we <laughs> sit down, we watch this movie, and we see that first shot. Mm. It's going to be really of that moment, right? It's going to be something that we have never quite in IMAX been able to experience in the way it's being delivered. And that for me is really the magic of Star Trek and Star Wars and many of these franchises and that we've fallen in love with. They captured something that had never really been captured that way before. And unfortunately the second trilogy really didn't do it well but I think it might be here. Well, in the uh, yeah, because with the with the original trilogy, there there because of the limitations of the technology at the time, <laughs> there was I mean they had they used a lot of uh, models and everything, so there was all these like old tricks um, from like the heyday of, of, of filmmaking, which also gave things like weight. You know, like you, you like that first the first time that star cruiser comes across, you you feel like that's a real ship. You know. Like yeah. just the way they There's frame an it, exactly. Like the way they frame it, the way it's filmed, everything like that. It it just feels like it's a real ship. Whereas, you know, and and this continues on down the line through the movies. Uh, whereas in the 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 prequels, because they use so much CGI, and there was some. I guess there were probably a few practical effects, but not a lot. Were there? I don't know. I want to give them the benefit of the doubt, but then again, it's no. Lucas. Um, they used humans. Oh yeah, okay. So organic um well, being actors. <laughs> like meat sacks with brains. Um yeah. sort of. But it's, uh it's some... nothing felt like there was a there was no weight to anything. Like everything felt fake. Like you could just see it like we're so good at looking at CGI now. We our eyes are trained to spot the bad stuff. Like and I have to wonder how much of that also is contributed by the actors that they had, because the, the actor with the most gravitas was Liam Neeson, and <laughs> they didn't really give him a whole lot to do with that part anyway. Oh man, Space Jesus really got it. <laughs> I know, it was really unfortunate, and then, you know, coupled with Space Frog and everyone's <laughs> least favorite child, it's a little hard to do anything with a movie like that. Well, and that's the thing too. Like you're you're looking at the side characters that they tried to create that they thought would be as popular as R two and C three PO, which turns out not to be the case when you are trying to mechanically recreate something that worked because your limitations are what crafted the the product to begin with. Right. You know, when you have free range to do whatever you want, you start to see where the ideas are coming from, where they're going, and why they don't work. <laughs> like, or when you're not challenged creatively at all, oh, when yeah. you just get to do whatever you want. Yeah, you know, when you have only yes men and no one's in the back going, uh, no, you should not <laughs> be doing that. <laughs> like, well, don't do that racial character, please, don't. Let's all be incredibly honest. It, it wasn't the look of 
the prequels that ruined it. It was the piss poor writing that ruined oh, it. Oh, yeah. Because um, there are some so, really nice things, but I agree with Sam's estimation that it was light. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, 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 and what this is really going back to is when you watch these new trailers, like, I get the sense of weight again. I the again the way they shot the millennium falcon how it moves everything it feels real like and and it has that very much that video game aspect to it because we're starting to think so much in that cinematic uh video game kind of orientation now sure but they're just there's i think it's just the way that they film it just makes me think like that's a real goddamn ship like right there <laughs> flying through the air i want it i want to be a part of it <laughs> I need this. Need this in my life. It's like, why don't I have it now? Why? 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 <laughs> but um. So your turn. Oh, uh, I mean, yeah, going with what the the Millennium Falcon stuff. Uh, I loved the voiceover, um, which yes. I I guess is supposed to be from Lupita Nyong'o's uh, character. I don't remember what that character's name is, but supposedly it's her. And I just I. I uh, I just love how they're trying to make those connections to the original trilogy, but doing so in a very like light-handed way. They're uh-huh. they're letting you get to see mostly the new cast, and largely it's Finn and Ray right now, which is fine. Um, and I'm okay if like some of these characters like um, get kind of maybe a little bit lost in the shuffle, as long as I know enough about them that when the next movie comes around, and, and hopefully they're still alive by then, I, uh, okay. yeah, exactly. I mean, Poe could essentially be like a Han Solo character who we get minimal on in the first movie, and then maybe in the second movie he gets like a full-on, like, Hugh Death storyline. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I, I, there's a big cast, but I'm also excited to see all of them because like when they show those shots of kylo ren and i i absolutely fucking love his lightsaber like i love the whole concept of it i like the idea that you can make different sword like variants and everything i'm Um, excited about cosplaying that oh my god right yeah uh and and yeah like it's just like visually it's amazing and i love the voiceover i love the music that they were using um i'm i'm actually kind of glad that they're not like throwing Luke out there like all the time, uh, right? Because I am curious as to why he's not on the poster. That one did throw me a little bit. Um, I can understand not using him in the trailer because Luke is probably going to be a huge deal uh, in the one movie. Would help. Yeah, because uh, you see just that shot with him in the the mechanical hand and everything on R two. Because I, I assume that's that's got to be him. If it's not, then well done, JJ. <laughs> You clever bitch. That's right. Oh, you got me again, Abrams. <laughs> Abrams! That'll be my no. That, that's a good point. What if it isn't? Like, mm-hmm. uh, for, from just the perspective of possible failure, right? Yeah. If, if, I think they've, they've created an environment and they're running the risk where if the original cast is not used the right way, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how good the rest of it is. The We're still going to be better. And, right. Mm-hmm. And it'll, it, 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 it's, now, it's now to the point where there's that, it's such an in, interdependent feeling that mm-hmm. sure. I have to I have to feel that sense of closure with the old cast while still getting the good cast that it's a there's there's a big risk there. Well, and uh, it's really interesting how they've been using Han to be kind of the uh, 
the mouth. He's the only one of the three that's really spoken in terms. Like, I mean, we got Luke's voiceover in the first trailer, and but it also ends on Han being like, "We're home," you know, with right. Chewie. And now in this one, we don't see Luke at all except for the that old footage. And but we get uh, Han being kind of like the guy going, "Yeah, it's all true. I've seen some shit." Like, right. you have no idea. <laughs> like, all the stories are true. Um, so it's... Well, and that directly ties back to his his speech on the Millennium Falcon to Luke mm-hmm. about how the Force is just a huge waste of time and it's a lie and everything yeah. like that. So coming from Han Solo, the ultimate non-believer, to, I... to him being like, no, you have no idea. <laughs> Actually, though... <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and this... I'm... I'm f- I believe this with a lot of confidence that either Luke or Han is going to die in this movie. Probably. Yeah, because there was a lot of, you know, uh, Harrison Ford is notoriously known for wanting to wanting Han Solo to have died in um, Empire Strikes Back. Right. Uh, and that there seemed to be some rumors going around that the condition of him coming back to Star Wars was that Han would die. That was a rumor I heard, like, this was a while ago, so things might have changed because um, there's a vi- there's the video of the um, San Diego Comic-Con, mm-hmm. um, the, the whole Star Wars panel that they did. Right. And I know that, because Harrison Ford's in his, like, 70s now, and right. he's, I think he's finally come around to the fact that, hey, Star Wars was probably a good thing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, and he go, he was it like... It worked out for me. It really yeah. did. <laughs> One of several franchises he's been a part of. <laughs> like... Um, and, and so he got, like, really emotionally, like, he got teared up and was very thankful of the fans, and it's really, like, heartwarming to see and everything. So right. I, I, I'm kind of, I'm going to go on record to say one of those two is going to die. I don't think Leia's going to die. I think it's going to be Luke or Han. Um, I would honestly be irritated if they killed off Leia. Yeah. Be like, no. She was a huge part of the actual universe, like, being a politician, being a, a woman in power, especially in the um, in the expanded universe where she had so much of a bigger part to play, I would love to see what they do with her character and see if, you know, maybe Han and Leia did get married, like we said, and had kids. What happens with them? Mm-hmm. Well, There's a lot to explore with her. Interesting you should mention that. <laughs> uh, because I, I saw an article the other day that posits that Kylo Ren and Rey are the Solo Twins. Huh. Yeah. N- not necessarily that they're, what, Jason and Jada? I don't know what their uh, names are. Jaina. Jaina. There we go. Jaina. Yeah. So, not necessarily that they're them, but they're the, they're kind of a version of this. A simile of them? Yeah, very much so. So that they can create their own versions and do with them what they want to. Um, I mean, it would make sense since they're scrapping the rest of the expanded universe. Yeah. But... I mean, as long as they don't crush Chewie with a moon again. <laughs> like, just don't, don't fucking do that to me again. <laughs> it's like, you leave Chewie alone. Um, I, I think there needs, I think, I think there is a need for Kylo Ren to be an exceptional character. Yes. And I say that because the magic of, this, of Star Wars has always been this. Um, even though the, the films themselves didn't have this and I didn't get into the expanded universe as much as clearly Tiffany you have and, and others have <laughs> but for me I have feelings the, on it so many <laughs> the lore of Star Wars has always been that it has actually always been the greatest villain story mm-hmm. that you have these characters 
who set out to do the right thing, and yet the passions that drive them ultimately corrupt them. And the problem with the prequels was that we were finally going to get the villain story in a, in films, and it didn't work. Yeah. And I'm really, really hoping that Abrams recognizes that and realize we don't need another hero's tale. Mm-hmm. We need a good villain story. We need a villain that we are emotionally attached to in the way that we started to do, we started to go down with Luke, but Luke is pulled back in the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. Right. And I really hope that happens. When, yeah. I think it probably bodes well. Um, I mean, look at what he did with the latest Star Trek movie. Um, he used Benedict Cumberbatch as a villain, which honestly was a great move, even if you didn't necessarily love the the film. Um, I think that he made an excellent con, and I think that Abrams does have a feel for what actually makes a more full-fleshed-out villain, especially one with the motives for good but turned to a darker path kind of story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and we bas- basically the worst-kept secret is that the Star Trek movies were his audition for Star Wars. Basically, he's like, oh my god, look what I did! Look at it! Look at it! Now see what I could do with yours? Like, see? Yes. See, and I guess there's like an R2 cameo in one of the explosions in the first movie as well. <laughs> yeah, there's like a little, you can see the little R2, like if you like pause it on the screen or something like that. Um, Just but, search that in a Google image search because oh, I'm not sure. that dedicated. I'm pretty sure you can find it. Someone's someone's probably analyzed the fuck out of it. And <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I, I agree with you, JP, that the, the villain story... That that was supposed to be the promise of the prequels was we got we were gonna see uh. yeah this like epic like the extension of the saga of Star Wars you yeah. know and in this whole arc that was supposed to follow the creation of Vader and it's just like there was so much potential there like there were things that could have you know especially in in the third movie in uh, what's its what's its face um, cares. yeah whatever uh, <laughs> Revenge of the Sith uh, you know the when uh, the Palpatine is basically like talking about the dark side and the benefits of the dark side, and he's just you know he's like, oh, it's not terrible. It's just about you know having a little bit more power and you know this and that and everything. Like those are like the little kernels of things that could have made those movies great if he had stuck with it. If he had had something right. like like a thorough line through it, um, not so much. <laughs> well, honestly, you're you're very much on track, Sam. Um, if, if you've ever, I don't know if you have ever had the opportunity, the need or the want to, but if you look at things like the, um, the creeds for both the Jedi and the Sith, Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's fairly easy to see why people would fall more towards Sith as, as an inclination. It's much more along the lines of, of human nature, but to the nth degree. Mm -hmm. So being a Jedi was so much more almost space monk, let's call it. Yeah. You know, there, it was all about restraint and being calm and removal of emotion, et cetera, et cetera. But they did in the, in the prequel series, they did a great job of showing removal of emotion, but it just translated into a flat kind of feeling. Whereas they didn't do a whole lot with the passion and the, 
the actual feeling behind the dark side. Mm-hmm. So there was no reason for you to connect with your villains, especially given the fact that a lot of it was a huge droid army and who the fuck cares? <laughs> well, and, and I used to have this conversation with a, with a friend of mine in college because we would, we would argue back and forth about Star Wars and the prequels because he, he really like liked them from a very different perspective than other people might, you know. Um, he actually Being did... Wrong. I, I uh, we we had a, many a discussion in the office, and sometimes it was so much that we were told to either like go into another room or people would leave the room, something like that. Um, because he he doesn't like a new hope, but he likes you know like Revenge of the Sith more or whatever. What? Yeah, he's not a big fan of the um, hero's journey stuff, so automatically doesn't like uh, <laughs> a new hope. Aww. Yeah. But my whole thing was that The Phantom Menace is almost an unnecessary movie. Like, almost? Well, it the is. The only good thing it gave us was the pod racer game for N64. Yeah, and, and there, there are elements like the, the whole... <laughs> the concept of, like, Darth Maul, and I like the, the, the lightsaber fight with Qui-Gon and, and Obi-Wan Absolutely. and everything. Like, the, the everything that people say is usually the best thing about Phantom Menace, that's the stuff we could have kept. But... Yeah. The whole of Phantom Menace is not a necessary film. Like, really, the movie should have started somewhere, you know, around, you know, somewhere in, like, Attack of the Clones somewhere, you know? Don't don't start off with Vader as a kid, (laughs) like, especially that kid. (laughs) Well, I think what it was is that there was better stories to tell. Mm -hmm. I think that was a good... I think that was a story that that could have existed. It just wasn't the story that you spend billions of dollars in what you know, a great people's show time and right, you know, in and I don't, I don't want, I don't think it's fair to completely discount the prequels. There's a lot of good things that came from the prequels. One, Natalie Portman course but two she's not really that good in them though she really isn't there's so many things she's good in but not that really sadly yeah i guess i'm just a mark i mean if you're looking at it from a from an attraction point of view i'm sure that yeah she's got a lot of really great costumes and (laughs) is very good in it though i there's probably more that we could have done with that character but for me i think really if i had to if I had to pin down the single biggest failure with the prequels, like hands down, if I could go de- and sit down in front of George Lucas and say where he fucked up was, <laughs> at that point, you are, what, 20 years removed from the original trilogy? Thereabouts. Mm-hmm. At least from A New Hope, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. And at this point, you should have matured enough to realize that the whole dark side, light side, no in-between thing is just wrong. Yeah. It just, it doesn't work. It doesn't work because the reality is none of us function that way. Right. And or few the, enough of us do. Right. Well, none of us with a sane, non-psychopathic <laughs> reasoning function that way well that still excludes me (laughs) and so there there is so at that point when you can recognize that maybe being a sith does not in itself make you evil 
and maybe being a Jedi in itself does not make you the good guy. There's a better story to tell in the expanded universe, but again, did not do anything with in any of the films. Well, and it was, and it's been his arrogance to not acknowledge that, even with the Force, um, even with um, the the games, the Force Unleashed. Force Unleashed games, which are, in my opinion, my favorite Star Wars games ever. Um, Not a fan of KOTOR? I didn't play it as much. Fair. Knights of the Old Republic, I I, (laughs) I only played a little bit. But but for me, as a a casual gamer, those were the, the best games because it was a story that really took the time to say... This is a guy who cares about what he does to the point where he can't be a Jedi. Mm-hmm. Right. But that doesn't necessarily make him the bad guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and, the, and also the thing with the, the prequels in terms of the writing is that it, it went to a Messiah story. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and really in, in A New Hope and, and Empire and Jedi and everything... They're, I mean, they talk about the whole balance of, of the Force thing a little bit, but there's no, like this was supposed to happen and you were prophesized to do so, Luke. Oh my God. Um, whereas in, you know, we get, we get basically Anakin is, is basically a very terrible metaphor for Jesus. You were the chosen one. Exactly. It's like, he's, it's essentially a virgin birth. And, you know, when they introduce the whole midichlorian thing, which is just like, just, uh, don't explain my shit yeah exactly it's like when you frame something within the messiah story it becomes very hard to i mean it's supposed to be the fall you know of a messiah as well and it's like when you when you use that story it just i i feel like it just sucks the life out of anything because first of all you're working from a prequel which means we already know how this is going to turn out it's like right essentially we understand that by the third movie he has to become Vader, you know, or at least be close to getting to Vader or whatever. Right. Which almost... Well, and most of us also attended Sunday school, so we know how that shit goes down. <laughs> it's like, I understand what God and the devil are. I get it. It's just, I don't know, the <laughs> the story felt so, was so basic on a lot of levels and yet was so overly complicated with everything else that... It's just kind of like you, no one knew what they were doing or were just blindly following uh, what was presented to them. And that that's where it felt disingenuous. It's just like we're trying to match it. Actually, it's not even we're trying to match it up. We're just throwing some shit out there. And then when people point out that we aren't matching the continuity, we're just going to be like, oh, no, you're, you're mistaken. <laughs> like, yeah, like, you're wrong. You're wrong. Which is why for everything that I've said tonight, it, it becomes painfully obvious that for me, the most, the single most important character of the new films will be Kylo Ren. Mm. What they do with Kylo will, for me, define whether I'm going to enjoy these films or not. Because it's clearly he's going to be a, a fanatic, right? Mm-hmm. Clearly, right. he he has an he has a, a, a an emotional, agenda. well, an emotional fanaticism about something related to either vader or the the old uh, or the the empire that's driving him Mm -hmm. sure and so it comes down to 
do they use that and do they just make him a single-minded one-sided character with that none of us can relate to or do they take the time to actually encourage us to recognize his his passion and actually want him to to be redeemed or want him to end up being someplace which is the magic of the expanded verse universe making so much of the family a part of the villain story making you know because you you kept pulling for them to find happiness and peace even when they were doing the most terrible things right Mm -hmm. kind of like supernatural honestly (laughs) uh yeah because i mean when it what it all boils down to is that the star wars movies have always been about the skywalker family i mean the the first three years the the original trilogy is luke's journey the prequels are supposedly Anakin's. Um, and then that even extends into the original trilogy with his uh, redemption at the end. Uh, so odds are, I mean, and that kind of also feeds into the the possibility that Kylo, you know, if he's going to be a huge villain, could possibly be related to the Skywalker clan. Right. Um, or the, the, And aside from Kylo and Rey being related, there was speculation that Rey is Luke's daughter. Uh, really? Well, based on... I mean, a lot of it's based on how they've been, show, you know, framing her, you know, in terms of she's on the desert planet, the way she right. looks off into the distance sometimes. Like, certain shots are, are almost seem to be, like, um, uh, kind of, like, hints that she could be Luke's daughter. Uh, there is a passing resemblance between... Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there is that, but there is also a passing resemblance both in costuming and in fa- general facial structure between Rey and Padme. Mm, yeah. So that that was something that I'd noticed when um, when they got some close up shots of her talking with Han, and he was saying it's all true, you know, all of it. Mm-hmm. That was where it actually struck me. I'm like, oh, huh, okay. <laughs> so I, I could see where you're going with it, and if they do decide to go down that road, that would be very interesting. Yeah, it's. It, it definitely one of those one of these characters is going to be related to them because again it does yeah it's it comes down to the skywalker family like this is all about like it always has something to do with the skywalkers um and jj abrams who is obviously a huge fan of star wars you know would be probably an idiot if he didn't find that connection somewhere you know I i think it would be kind of ridiculous to think that they could separate it entirely um, and just going forward with this new batch of, of people, like they're going to connect it on a familial level and on a thematic level, all that kind of stuff. So, um, that makes sense. Yeah, it would make sense. But you know, I've been wrong before. <laughs> right. We've loved before and been so wrong. Oh yes. Um, I did. I, I'm still curious about like Captain Phasma, like uh, Gwendolyn Christie's character. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like because. We don't know what she's actually going to look like under the helmet, like if she ever takes it off. But right. if you have Gwendolyn Christie, you better damn well have her helmet off at some point. Like, so we can see how badass Brienne of Tarth is when she's holding, like, a, you know, a blaster and everything. And it will be very. Yes, I, I, I fully intend for it to be. Um, exactly. And then I just, it, I mean, kind of going back to impressions of the trailer and everything, like, just when Finn lights the, the saber up, which is. I guess what people are saying, that's Luke's uh, lightsaber he's using? Possibly. I would have to go back and look at it again more closely, but I hadn't heard that. I wouldn't doubt it. 
It'd be pretty awesome. We know that his original one is in the film because we see it in the first teaser being handed, I think, to Ray. Yeah. Right. Um, but anyway, I, I love when he lights the saber up and then is like facing off against Kylo Ren. And there's just that moment where he's clearly freaked out <laughs> that he's going to be fighting this he has, guy. He has very much the oh shit, like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. Oh god, he's coming right for me. <laughs> I better swing this. <laughs> Admittedly, that's pretty much the face he has in every shot in the teaser. <laughs> that's so true. Far, so. He's just the oh shit character, like shit. <laughs> Which I kind of appreciate. Like he's, it doesn't seem like he's going to be a, an an initially very brave character. Like you know, just just basically like how the the trailers have shaped out. Like Finn is going to be audience surrogate, who then uh, is is probably a little bit more, maybe not necessarily cowardly, but not as like big on the. I'm just going to jump in there and fight, you know, because that's what you do. <laughs> like, I think he's going to be much more uh, cowardly in, in that sense. And then, like, that moment might be he's like, I'm going to be a hero right now. And it's like, oh, fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> like, <laughs> but I'm looking forward to that. I kind of like that, you know, it's not just all, um, I don't know, it's, it's another one of those things about the the, uh, the prequels that it's like no one seemed phased by anything. It was just kind of like, oh, yeah, that's happening. Okay. Cool. <laughs> like, I, I kind of like the idea of someone showing an actual reaction to lighting a, you know, putting a saber on and then having to face off against a guy who they know is probably better than them. <laughs> and we lost Tiff. Dang it. Oh, and I just had a really good question for her. Hold on, let me see if I can get her back. It's also the problem with what... Maybe her phone died. It's, that's also very possible. Goddamn technology. Stupid tech. Are you back? Did, did I break it, or what happened there? You just... Like, I hadn't pressed anything. You just dropped off. Well, fuck. All right, then. <laughs> but Jason so, has a question for you. I do. I have a question for you, Tiffany. So, Go for it. And, James, I don't know how much of the expanded universe you're into, so I'll, I'll post the question to both of you and let you answer it. Sure. So there's been rumors that even though Disney has you know, pretty much said none of the old expanded stuff is there, that there are pieces of it they want to reintroduce either through the primary trilogy or through the um, through the one-shots. So my question to you is, what is one character you think from, and I'll say either from the cartoons or the expanded universe that you would like them to introduce in the films or in one that um, you think they might actually introduce because I think those are two different things. Last tip again. Okay, James, you're up. Say that again. One character you think they'll they'll reintroduce from either the cartoons or the expanded universe and one character that you would like them to reintroduce. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> like, silence. Because so I just, I haven't gotten all the way through the uh, the, the Clone Wars um, series yet, but so far, if there is one character in some way I would like to see resurface... Hello? Um, Here you are. <laughs> Oh shit! What's her name? Mara. 
No, not Ahsoka. Mara Jade? I, I, I would like to see more of her, considering that she is supposed to be canon, and, like, she never died, like, that we know of. Yeah, she's in, um, Star Wars Rebels, so, uh... Yeah, um, no, um, the, the mean, nasty bitch. Oh, Asajj Ventress? Asajj Ventress, yeah. Mm. Like, that's one character, like, I don't know what it is about her... I think what I like about her character is the fact that she, she is never technically Sith. Like, she has the... She's a Force user. She has... She's strong in the dark side. <laughs> but she's never actually acknowledged as Sith. Ooh. So, is that... That's someone you want to be introduced? Yeah, because, I mean, where they... I From what I've read, because I read a little ahead in terms of the wiki, trying to, like, learn more before I was just like, I should just watch this fucking series. Um, because I was trying to, like, learn more about the expanded universe, and so I was just... Well, the current expanded universe, and so I was just like, well, I need more. Um, and so, like, she's one of those characters who, again, didn't die. Mm-hmm. Um, from what I know, she went and she joined the sisters... And so she's still in that universe. Like, she could be some, like, super old, mean, nasty bitch. Like, somewhere <laughs> off in the fucking universe. Um, she's but there being like... Interesting. Like, I know a lot of people... A lot of people that I've, I've even had that same question, that same discussion with, um, that are huge Darth Maul fans. Like, come back to Darth Maul. And they're like, he's still alive! And I'm like, he's the most underrated fucking character! Like, why the obsession? Like, yes... The guy who played him in The Phantom Menace was a badass, and that's what made Darth Maul a badass. But outside of that, his story's really kind of fucking boring. He's just an angry fucking dick, trolling (laughs) space, killing motherfuckers, for no other reason than to do so, because the dark side fucking left him behind. Like, the Sith were like, ah, well, he's dead, fuck him. And so they just kind of left him on the wayside. So him and his brother decided, like, well, fuck it. We're going to go kick the shit out of just everybody and fucking establish dominance in the universe. Like, so Darth I, Maul is Anakin's burning angst. He really, he really Darth, is. No, Darth Maul is the Boba Fett of the, uh, yeah, of the yeah. prequels. It's like, Boba Fett is a character that, you know, and I know there are a lot of people who love Boba Fett, but it's like, <laughs> he is the most useless character to have ever come out of the, tri- of the original trilogy and be, like, lauded for doing a terrible job. Like, he is the worst bounty hunter, <laughs> like, ever. Yeah, but again, Boba Fett's, Boba Fett's fanatical fans come more from the expanded universe. Well, and, and I understand Definitely. that. I understand that. But it's like... It, it, it is one of those things where you just, like, if you just look at him in terms of the movies, like, before the Expanded Universe became a thing, or whatever, if you just look at him in the original trilogy, he is terrible. Like, he doesn't... Like the job you got your jetpack utilized in against you? Oh my god, like, the, the whole thing in Jedi, because he's not, he's not the one that captures Han Solo, that's Vader. He just happens to be standing next to him. <laughs> right. And then... His only job is to, you know, secure Han's, you know, uh, delivery to Jabba. And he can't even defeat a blind man who's weak as a kitten after coming out of Carbonite. (laughs) And the one time he should have used his jetpack, the one real time he needed it, it backfires on him. (laughs) And he's knocked into a Sarlacc pit by a blind guy and a Wookiee. Like, (laughs) 
in terms of of his story, he sucks. <laughs> and I know in, that he like crawls. In the absolute, you know, trilogy. Yes, he does suck. Yeah. I can understand the fanaticism from an expanded universe point of view. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, but yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I know there's the Oops. whole thing about like him crawling out of the Sarlacc pit because he's too badass to die. It's like, no, not right. really, because if you look at what led up to him getting into the Sarlacc pit, I strongly disagree. Yeah, there's <laughs> nothing to lend credence to that. What are you talking about? Well, and even in the prequels, when you get to like the fact that his fa- you know, his I guess father, uh, Django is is the all the pool? yeah is all the clones. I mean, it's just like. Wow, way to take a character who already was like questionably badass and just make him less so. <laughs> like, but that's just me. I know. <laughs> I think we'll all take away something different from the new universe. Oh, probably. Because <laughs> I I know that they're going to be doing like um, is it going to be? It's just a Boba Fett solo movie, or is it like an anthology series, something like that? I I don't know. They, I know that there's Rogue One that's supposed to take place somewhere. Between the, you know, from the prequels into the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I know that there's going to be, like, some young Han Solo movie, because we need that. Really? I don't know. Yeah. Probably well, not. Well, the whole premise is, is they want, they want to establish background on all of these characters for who knows what fucking reasons. Merchandise. Because, like, I'm very much, I'm very Everybody much traditionalist. Story. Right? I'm very traditionalist in the fact of, like, I, I don't need a background story to know that... Han Solo is a smuggler, and Han Solo can be a dick mm-hmm. because he's Han Solo. Like, I don't need to know what led up to him being Han Solo. Like, like you get everything you need to know about Han in the first movie, and then his interaction with Greedo. That is Han Solo. Like, yeah, like, that's it. Uh, you know, well, and I mean, same with m- most of the characters. Like, we don't need to know. Like, you'd be like, oh, well, let's go back and tell you a story of how... Uh, Luke and Leia grew up. Like, no, I don't give a shit. I literally don't give a shit. Like, let's go look at Leia's. That I need to know about those characters. We need to go back to Alderaan and see what Leia's life was really like and what led her to be part of the rebellion because that's super important, guys. Super. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like it's just it's shitty shitness like that. It's just like I don't I don't care. Like again. A, a background story on Boba Fett. Like, I don't I don't actually give a shit. Most of the okay. time, the biggest thing I have with that character that, that made, it didn't make Boba Fett a badass. It made Mandalorians a badass because it was mm-hmm. like, oh, well, he was a Mandalorian. And then fucking the Expanded Universe took off with that and was just like, oh, we're going to give you a whole history about these this warring tribe of people. And, like, <laughs> they're not any one race. Like, it's just people. Which the Mandos are awesome. Oh yeah, no, they're they're totally fucking badass. And, but that's really all Boba like gave us was like here, badasses of the universe. I'm not one of them. <laughs> like that was it. But in in all fairness, in all fairness, it is Disney, mm-hmm. right? And they've proven that they can they can create a universe where you can take a character like Ant Man. <laughs> and tell a story that we're all like, yeah, I needed to see that. That was that was critical to my life having watched that film. <laughs> so, I I I guess yes. There's there's some probably unnecessary you know filmmaking to make a buck here, but 
at the same time, I wouldn't discredit that something good could come out of it because at the at this point, I I, I don't really know that Disney can do any wrong at the moment. <laughs> well, I know Sam. The, the cynic in me says no, but the hopeful <laughs> person in me tentatively says maybe. Well, and and I like that first image that they put out from Rogue One, just like the. The kind of Im- embattled, you know, and dirty looking, you know, squadron or whatever. So, I mean, I'm I'm curious about those. I mean, that is the beauty of the Star Wars universe. I mean, you know, the the benefit of them streamlining the expanded stuff by throwing most of it out uh, is that they they do get kind of like a blank slate to work from. True. Which means you can tell a lot of stories that are not beholden to something that was already pre-established. Um, I understand where you're going, but at the same time, doesn't that run the risk of, of New 52 syndrome, essentially? They had a chance to retell so much, and then they went back and just stuck their dick in the pudding. <laughs> well, but that was also because, so, it, doesn't the New 52, <laughs> the New 52 is, the problem that ran into the New 52 is they, the creative minds behind it became too anal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not, not to not to beleaguer a pun, but it <laughs> they, it was it really was that the creativity where you could go with the stories kept getting more and more locked down to the point where there was none. Yeah. So I think so long as Disney doesn't say, okay, you have to do this, you have to do this, you have to do this, and says, okay, look. You can't break this rule and this rule, but outside of that, you have pretty much free reign. Then I think there's potential. So a semi sandbox kind of setup. Yeah. Right. Look, just here are the basic rules. These tenets cannot be broken. You mm-hmm. cannot use Luke in any way other than this and this. You cannot. Um, you cannot kill this person or do this thing. But outside of that, you pretty much have free reign. Then, then I think we're good. I th- think about what Disney's done for Daredevil, right? Mm. It's true. That's true. Right? They've essentially said, don't break this rule, don't break this rule, do whatever the fuck you want. Um, and yet they seem to have still broken all the rules in terms of what you can do with a Marvel character on television. Like, no, no one would have thought that they could go that far, you know, or at least as far as they took him, you know? Right. That's just it, because Disney said, look, it's Netflix, we don't care, the people are going to have to do their own shit to watch this, so don't break this rule, don't go, like, creating scenarios that we have to be beholden to later, Mm -hmm. but other than that, just go make a good crime movie. Yeah. It's like, go for it. And and that really is what Disney's done very well in, in the Marvel franchise, in their own franchise, really, like, ever since... Ever since they came under their new rulership um, with their CEO, like he really got the company back on track. The, tr- the the company very much was was really driven at really controlling the studio. So much so, obviously, like they had shut down their animation studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Disney Animation wasn't even a thing up until like just a co- just a few years ago. Um, and ever since we've seen Disney Animation Studio come back, like, have they produced anything as good as Pixar? No, but yeah. that, that's a hard thing to, to, to reach for the sky for. Mm-hmm. Um, but they still, they still, <laughs> they've, they've made some really great animated stuff. Their animated shorts 
have been phenomenal. Like, if you guys haven't seen it, like, YouTube the Paper Man. Oh, and I it's love one the, of the Paper most, Man. It's one of the best animated uh, pieces I've seen with absolutely no verbalization. There's no dialogue whatsoever. It's all just animation telling the story. But then all you I compare it to that, uh, that lava one, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, okay, but what what is the deal with everyone hating on the lava one, man? Like, seriously. Because it's... it's just- it's so I don't know. There, there's just something about it. Like it's it's for for me. It's too long. Like it just keeps okay. going. <laughs> like so so I, my wife and I were having this conversation the other day because I was actually tr- so I am obsessed. To, thank you, James, for putting me on a box. Um, <laughs> I, hey, I had my time with Boba Fett, so go for it. <laughs> with the Disney and the Pixar shorts, I I look forward to them more than I do the actual films because I, I just, I immensely enjoy them. I can watch, I can watch Paper Man or I can watch um, the Jack Lope one pretty much <laughs> nonstop all day long and not, not be ever tired of it. But the Lava one gets a lot of shit on the internet. We're talking and, about the most recent one with the, the, the volcanoes. Yeah. Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah. Short and stubby to be clear. volcanoes singing the tall, and clearly it's it's very one-sided. The song is repetitive. I get it. But here's the thing, internet and everybody, and it is not for you. It is for four-year-olds. <laughs> get the fuck up. Right. Right. Everything's for me, JP. That's, that's the thing. Even outside of that, like once I found out, once I found out the basis of that song, like the basis of that short, the fact that it was about two real people who were both very much in love, and like this was a song about their love, like that fleshed it out so much better for me. I was like, oh, that's actually really sweet. Like mm-hmm. that's actually really awesome that Disney would like just promote this, like for just. Whatever, uh, for any other reason than just, like, two people loved each other. We wanted to share that with you. Well, and here's the thing, right? Like, go and watch cartoons today. Go and watch kids' movies today. You don't get love stories anymore. They're not, they're not there. They don't do it in, in kids' movies anymore. And there's not, it's just not what what's done. And that short... Whether the song is repetitive or it seems silly or whatever else, it, at the end of it, all three of my kids, when they, which we got there late, so it was already like a third of the way through the song when we started watching it. <laughs> all three of my kids had little tears in the, their eyes and were like, oh, but he loves her. <laughs> like, so here's the thing it's not for you people. It's for children, and they like it, and it, it it impacts them in a sweet and sensitive way. So shut the fuck up, like so suck a bag of dicks. All right, JP. God, you can like it. It's fine. <laughs> um, so I mean, outside of JP's obvious soapbox rant, um, <laughs> the point I was getting at is Disney's done a really great job of telling any of their studios, whether it's Disney Animation, Pixar. Mm-hmm. Um, Marvel, um, Star Wars, like LucasArts, they let the studios do what the studios do best. Like they don't, they don't really exert that kind of creative control that like, um, they're a somewhat silent partner. 
Yeah, like Warner Brothers, obviously, like with the properties that they manage shit for, or Fox, the properties that they manage shit for, like they're super controlling. If they don't like the fucking story, they don't care what the public likes. If they don't like a certain aspect, they'll straight up tell them, like, cut it out, or we just stop funding you. Mm -hmm. Like, those are your options, or we cancel you. Sorry, Carl Urban. Um, yeah. so, 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 I mean, that's, that's, that's what they're doing, and that's where their magic is right now. Like, it's, it's just letting their properties do what they do with minimal control. Like, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Like, I mean, obviously, if somebody came up and they're like, so, hear me out, <laughs> instead of lightsabers, purple dildo bats. <laughs> executive to be like um okay so i mean i know i know we said we weren't really gonna exert creative control but that's fucking lunacy no, there's, he's got like a button on his desk be like look i'm gonna call executive privilege here because i'm i'm no i we just can't do that <laughs> this, this is not saints row i'm sorry this is star wars not saints row i would love it if they're like but to bring it back well, if we're if well, yes, I think the one shots may end up being a little unnecessary, or you know, afterthoughts to some extent. I would ask everyone who's questioning it: This are any of us going to not sit there the day um, Jessica um, Jessica Jones Jessica Jones comes out and not watch? Every single episode, back to back, nonstop until it stopped. Oh my so, god! Well, and see, I want mainline that shit. Here's, here's <laughs> the thing: like, I'm one of those people. Like, um, in in the Marvel in the Marvel universe, I've never really closely followed much of the Marvel universe, and for a long time, it's mostly because I've just never been a Marvel guy. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of like Deadpool and Wolverine, and Deadpool with Wolverine, <laughs> Deadpool with Cable, <laughs> like those interactions, I'm like. I'm sold all of the time. Um, the fact that somebody on the internet was just like, "What if it? What if the Deadpool movie's great?" And then after that, they make a Deadpool Cable movie. And I was like, I, "I'd watch the fuck." Oh my god, Deadpool and Cable! That'd be the greatest um, thing ever. Right? But so it's one of those where I don't know a lot about the Marvel universe in any detail. Like the only interaction with Daredevil I've ever had has never been in a comic book. It was literally the Affleck movie. That's the only interaction I ever had. So that was the bar going into that movie. That was the bar. And I was just like, I was just like, that movie's so shitty. Like, it it can't be worse. Like, it can't, can it? And then, and then once I watched it, I was, I was just like, oh my god, like this is a phenomenal character. Like, I knew the basis of the character. Like, he's blind. He's a lawyer. Okay, Um, (laughs) and that's it. (laughs) But then they, they did. They did so much with character they made they made him so relatable in so many ways his struggle so relatable in many ways um i mean i couldn't help but sit there being the the dc fanboy i am of, of batman going well he's like batman but he's actually blind like a bat right. so <laughs> i love the fact that they they re- reminded fans that daredevil wasn't the blind character or the law character he was the catholic character like that yeah. was his shtick for mm-hmm. the longest time and that kind of got lost as, as we moved away from religion in, in comic book storytelling. Um, but they totally took that back on. And that would, 
I think that's really important given the fact that Daredevil's going to lead into the mysticism piece, and religion and mysticism in the Marvel Universe are kind of interrelated, so... Oh man, when um, they bring the hand into everything... So, I mean, ultimately, that's, that's why I'm excited about Jessica Jones. I know nothing, absolutely nothing, about the character. I haven't gone out and wikied anything. I haven't fucking read a goddamn thing. Like, I know absolutely nothing about the character. So, this will be a wholly fresh experience for me. This will be me, uh, somebody who likes most of the Marvel properties, coming in going, I don't know anything. Wow me. Make me sold on this character. They will. (laughs) Yes, so I never watched Alias. Um, To be quite honest, I... I was just never a Jennifer Garner, uh, right? It was Jennifer Garner. Yeah, Jennifer Garner. Yeah. I was. I was just never a huge Jennifer Garner fan, so I never watched <laughs> Alias. Um, but I've always been a Power Man and Iron Fist fan, mm-hmm. and I've always enjoyed Dare- Daredevil. So it, Jessica Jones is just one of those characters that was always around. Um, but I will tell you what, even the trailer, <laughs> which has nothing to do with what this show is going to be about, right? Like, it's just random, abstract images being presented in random order um, was just like, oh my god, this is going to be the greatest thing ever. And the fact that they've got Kristen Ritter for it Mm -hmm. uh, is brilliant. Because if you have not really watched the stuff that she's been in, even the bitch apartment one, (laughs) you haven't really paid attention because she is phenomenal in a way that um you saw a little bit in breaking bad but she she didn't get nearly enough time in breaking bad to show people just how good she is so anyway that's that's another show i never watched so even the actress herself like unless i've seen her in, in anything else she's not familiar to me so every aspect of this show, actors, the the premise, everything, it's all new. It's mm-hmm. all See, fresh. Breaking Bad, I would recommend for you, James. Well, yes, but you know, like I have this thing called um, time uh, that I invest you have... very poorly. I'm not saying I don't have time. I'm just saying I use it poorly. <laughs> um, you should get like, a tired right of now, right now. I'm watching Person of Interest, which is admittedly like. It's it's really good. Jim Caviezel, Jesus, is amazing. Actual as, Jesus. Actual <laughs> Jesus. He's really good as, like, uh, his character's phenomenal in that series because he's so deadpan with everything. And it's just mm. like, but it's not, like, boring deadpan. It's just, it's, it's, it's the way he developed the character as somebody who's been, like, a black, uh, like, like a black site CIA operative who, like, murdered people for years and it's just so dead inside that like everything is just so like nonchalantly monotone in many ways um but i do i really like it but uh, it's so so yeah no breaking bad eventually will be on the list because as much as like uh christine's like yeah people keep saying you should watch it it's one of those i have to kick her in the ass to watch it mm-hmm. um and ultimately like she'll watch one or two episodes and if she loves it then we'll She'll be in it for the long haul with me. If she doesn't, then I get to spend every lunch for the next eight seasons of that fucking show <laughs> fucking watching 
So, like, catch me six months from or not even six months. It's, it takes me about a month right now to finish Person of Interest on Netflix because it's like a twenty-four episode uh, series. So it takes me about a month to finish. So in two and a half months, <laughs> I should be wrapped up with that. <laughs> well, we'll come I back to that. <laughs> I still haven't finished the second half of the last season. I keep beginning to watch it, and then I'm like, you know, I. At this point, it's because you know it's I get going it. to end. <laughs> well, I yeah, I, I think I think at some point I get this way with 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 different things, um, and I think this is the appeal for movies. As I get older, I, I find that I because I, when I was younger, I went and I saw every movie in the theater. I, at one point, I was working for Blockbuster. I was watching the five movies they gave me for free a week, <laughs> plus. Whatever Whoa. I could shell shell out, you know, right. um, to rent. So I mean, I watched everything all the time. And obviously, as I've gotten older, married, and had kids, I don't do that anymore. Right. Um, but I'm coming to the point now where I get the I get to a point in the story that even if I've really enjoyed the first seventy five percent. If it drops in its storytelling for even a minute, I just, I just lose it. I, if I can't, I can't bring myself to go back to it. Did um, you do that with Grimm yet? I, I did that with Grimm so early on. Mm-hmm. You know what's funny is I can remember um, we did a podcast when Grimm and Once Upon a Time came out, and I was adamant, adamant that Grimm was going to be the better show and I was going to watch Grimm and never watch Once Upon a Time. Um, I've only just now given up on Once Upon a Time. So <laughs> I stopped watching Grimm like three episodes in. So You actually made it through the Frozen arc of uh, Once Upon a Time. Uh, Wait, what? I, oh yeah, they, they jumped on the Frozen ship as fast as they could possibly do oh, it. Yeah. Son of a... Iceberg, goddamn! I, I gave up on that series like even before that. Like I was just out. I was done. Like Christine, like me, both of us were for a while. Like no, I can't. Mm, no, they Disneyized this way too much. I can't. No. <laughs> and then and then Christine just recently went back to it because she and caught up because she was just like, I wanted to see if it got better. And I was like, it and did it? And she was like, no. And I was like, so you wasted time. <laughs> um, and so. I just, I was so, I, I just got over the Disney, like, like, string of shit. Like, at the point that they gave Cruella DeVille magic powers, I said, fuck this, and I was out. Technically, she, they didn't give her magic powers. She used the author's note and pen, paper and pen to give herself magic powers. Either way, As it one was does. stupid. Um, <laughs> oh, you like, haven't seen then you haven't seen the Descendants, which is their like little mini TV movie about the children. Wait a minute, let's let's not let's not count what they put on the like on Disney, the Disney channel. I'm just saying that the 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 like, whole premise of it is problematic as shit. <laughs> like, Listen, it's that just sounds unappealing. It's for preteens. Oh, I know. Doesn't mean that I can't enjoy it in my own way. <laughs> um, no, like, like Grimm's one, I'm really glad I held into because, uh, like, it, it, it's it's really like, and for me, it's not it's not even about the main character. The main character's kind of eh, whatever. Um, it's moreover, 
everybody else around him for the most part. Like the the fucking cop, uh, not not his partner, but the guy who's just Wong, who's like everywhere, and oh. all of the terrible <laughs> shit happens to him. Like I'm like I love this guy. Um, that he happens to be a cop in like every fucking thing. Like he was in one of the Batman movies. He, he keeps making appearances in other shows, and he's always a cop. And he I'm was like, no, he was a uh, a heroin dealer in uh, Tropic Thunder. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> um, and so it was. It was one of those where um, I'm really glad I hung in because in the most recent season, uh, they haven't started the new one, but last season, like last season. They finally got rid of a character that, like, for a brief time, I came to love, and it, it was it was his girlfriend, and I was just like, eh, she's kind of, she's alright, she's alright. And then she just became the most heinous fucking bitch. Like, I couldn't stand her. I was like, just kill her! This is like Dexter all over again! No! <laughs> so, girlfriend! So they did what they, what, like, they did to Katrina on uh, Sleepy Hollow. <laughs> right. Well, and they did it in the best way, and it was, because it, ultimately, like, she committed the ultimate sin. Which was she? She lured his mom to a site, and then they cut her head off, and so he just goes batshit bananas, and he's like, "That's it, we're done," and then ends up killing her. And I was like, "Oh, it's poetry!" <laughs> so, <laughs> Spoilers so for like, Grim, I guess. I will watch shit yeah. for the most random fucking reasons. Like, I mean, I've and, and that's the thing is, I'm one of those people like. Uh, unfortunately, unlike JP, I, I never had, like, I just have all of the movies available to me all of the time. Um, so, like, I, I I will binge watch things from time to time if I really like it. Like, Daredevil was one of those. I could have been watched, binge watched, but Christine is one of those folks. Um, she She's uh, very emotionally sensitive in the way of, like, if it's a dramatic show we're watching she gets kind of wrapped up into it. Like, doesn't become part of it, but in the drama, she's just like, I just, I can't, I can't, it's just too much, it's too much, I'm, it's too much. (laughs) But, they're, they're not, they're actors, you know that, right? Like, this isn't actually happening, like. Yeah, but see, I used to be like that, and, and I, so I understand that, and there's still certain shows that get me that way. But I think I've gotten to the point now where it, it it really comes down to my time is so limited. Yeah, I I can't one become that emotionally involved in anything because I just can't I can't suffer through that. And two, if your story becomes so single minded focused, like for me, Breaking Bad, particularly the last season, is just so focused on convincing me I don't like Walter anymore, (laughs) right? Like mm-hmm. that is that it becomes its sole focus. That I it loses me. It loses me, and it, it's why it's why Arrow has gotten better for me because they've stopped trying to focus on you know him being the antihero. It's like now he can be whoever the fuck he wants to be, and you guys are gonna keep watching it because you like Flash. <laughs> um, and oh, and Flash. It, it's like. Um, other shows where that now I've walked out of my head, but where it's just not, we're not going to be so focused on convincing you of this one single idea, like Doctor Who, right? We're not going to be so convinced, so set on convincing of you this one single idea that we lose 
track of the ability to just tell a good story in an episode or in a couple of episodes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and that's why, like, the the concept of, because it's been talked about, of doing a TV series in the Star Wars universe, I'm I'm excited about, but exactly in the same token. It's just like, I mean, yeah, we're all going to watch it, at Mm -hmm. least an episode. Because it's Star Wars, like everybody's gonna tune in for that if they do go down that road. Are they talking live action? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> they have. To. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're talking a live action version um, within that universe. Um, obviously, and ideally, not focused on the Skywalker family. Like this would obviously be characters within that universe. Because that's that's honestly for me. The Skywalker story is whatever. <laughs> it's neither here nor there. I don't ultimately care about Luke. <laughs> I don't care about Vader so much. It's all of <laughs> Well, he's dead, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah. It's all of it's all of the the other characters around him. It's it is Chewie, it is Han, it it, it is um, you know, all these all these people that are a part of the team, so to speak, uh, that contribute, you know, C-3PO, R2-D2. I fucking love R2-D2 more than I will ever love Luke Skywalker. Um, <laughs> because that droid's a badass. Like, hands down, that droid is responsible for saving the fucking universe on so many different days <laughs> that it's not even funny. Um, as, as we so saw in the prequel, like, can you open a door? And lo and behold, because he opened the door, they were able to get there. If he, if he just said, fuck you people, they'd have been screwed. So truly Um, R2-D2 is our Lord and Savior. Exactly. Um, so it's one of those where, uh, obviously, like, the, those side stories have always been endearing to me. Like, for me, like, (laughs) the perfect universe in my head is that they take it farther back. They don't even stay in the same timeline. Like, let's go back to the old Republic days. I love that universe so much because there, because those were the days where there were, like, legitimately a whole lot of Sith, mm-hmm. a whole lot of Jedi. And then there were, like, neutral Jedi, and there were fights, or the gray Jedi, as they're so Yeah, the gray force years. Right? So but, there was, like... No, 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 listen... Lucas says they never existed, and Disney has confirmed that they're going to support Lucas's stance on that. Well, no, but I'm I'm just saying I'm just saying like it's a universe they could explore, and they could build on that if they so chose, um, and that would be fantastic to me because that's that's a universe like I legitimately would be interested in uh, seeing. Um, unfortunately, I feel like they would play it like a crime drama. Um, <laughs> the only way that works in my world is if uh, they feature Carl Urban. Uh, as you will watch anything with Carl Urban. If they put Carl Urban in Star Wars, I'm sold forever. I would love it if it was like Jedi Cops. (laughs) Oh my god! (laughs) See, I was just picturing a different version of like Intergalactic SVU. (laughs) No, I want it to be like the show Cops, where they're like talking to the camera, like, yeah, we gotta go in on this uh, this 1014 or like something like that. Having people pulled over by X-Wings. Oh my god, that'd be so great. We need <laughs> script writers and a film crew. Oh my god. Some dude, happen. like, they're pulling him over on speeder bikes and everything. <laughs> it's like, woo, we pull over. It's like, you want to pull over. I want to pull over. <laughs> <laughs> like and 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 the thing is like with the with the live action show I mean and and I actually do like the idea of going like way back in time cuz 
that is one of the things that I do like about the Star Wars universe is, is, is like, the Clone Wars show that, um, the TV show, the, the animated program, and even to some extent Rebels has shown that, but when you can actually see, like, Jedi fighting, you know, like, actually using their force powers to do shit and, like, wielding the lightsabers, because we're still going to be dealing with in the in the new Star Wars movie, a world where the Jedi are very very thin on the ground, like not right. not a lot of them uh, getting some Sith in there and everything are Force sensitives and all that stuff. But it would be really kind of awesome to see like a full Force army of Jedi and Sith like going at each other, um, right. or just even like exploring like the, I mean you know, just the, the different orders of the Jedi, like, all that kind of stuff. Like, those things are actually kind of fascinating if you do them right. Um, yeah, no, it would yeah. definitely be expensive. But well, the, the thing is you could... With, like, the Old Republic, like, in, like, the CGI videos that they showed mm-hmm. in the game, where it, it, it was stuff like that. And it wasn't even just the interaction of, like, oh, that's, like, 50 Sith. And that's, like, that's, like, 30 Jedi. Mm-hmm. This is gonna be good. Like, they had a lot of scenes where it wasn't even just that. It was, it was like, Sith and regular troopers, and then the Rebel Alliance, and their fucking, like, Jedi. And so there was, like, the mishmash of, like, if you're a trooper, and there's a Sith in front of you, you know this guy's got some fucking tricks up his sleeve. Mm-hmm. How do you fight that guy? Well, um, even the, the idea of, because the Jedi are based on, you know, samurais, basically, Right. Uh, they come from that 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 kind of uh, culture ish. So I, I remember hearing this idea one time, and it's really awesome. Like, do like a seven against Thebes or a Magnificent Seven type story, oh, yeah. like Jedi versus the Sith, where there's just seven Jedi in a in a place where they're getting you know continually more and more surrounded by you know dark side forces or whatever, and just how they deal with that. Like, it's a condensed, it's a small story, but it's still being able to explore both sides, you know. But I would watch that. Me, I think for me, and James, it was interesting, because as you were saying how much you really didn't care about the Skywalkers, my initial thought was, really? And then I, I thought about it as you were talking, and I recognized, you know, I don't really give a shit about them either. Mm-hmm. I think the only reason why I care about them is because the Skywalker story... Look, there's two reasons why we don't have a lot of Jedi in the movies. One, it's fucking expensive. Right. Two is because the story really is about the Force itself. And how it it really, I think, um, to some extent, is about what does the Force really mean for these people on a day-in and day-out basis? First, we had to be convinced that it was real. Mm-hmm. Then we had to be convinced about how it it feeds off of who we are, and we feed off of it to become who we are. Um, and there's there's a story there. So the Skywalkers really the reason, even in the expanded universe, the Skywalkers are really just a placeholder for telling the story of the Force, which is why right. I get so frustrated with this this adamancy about it not being able to be in the gray space. Yeah. Because personally, if I could be any kind of Jedi, I would be a gray Jedi. Like, that's my, that's my jam. Well, most of us would. Because the strictures of both of the, the actual factions are not 
really tenable. Like you were saying earlier, it's just frustrating to look at two very extreme platforms and go, but both of you kind of suck. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, I, right. don't get me wrong. I, I do love a lot of things about the Sith personally, but at the same time, I recognize that I myself, if we were going on a D&D uh, alignment scale, I'm chaotic neutral. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go for something that requires fanaticism, and very few of us are. For one thing, most of us are fairly apathetic about a lot of shit. <laughs> <laughs> that and logic check. to be fanatical and apathetic at the same time. That, that well, logic checks out, Tiff. I, I agree with yeah. you. <laughs> well, and it comes down to a point where it's just like, Yeah, fuck it, Mandalore. Let's do that. <laughs> I was like, I'm so, getting in my Millennium like, Falcon and I don't going. Have, like, like I, I have a basic code of honor, which is I fight for the guy who pays me more. <laughs> I like this idea. <laughs> but I like the fact. But I like the fact that the Skywalkers have been kind of the metaphor for that story, right? Like that's, they've been that's, the vehicle that we've driven through the Force. Right, and yeah. so in that in that sense, particularly as you get at, into each and each generation, right, and you see, uh, is it Mara's story, right, mm-hmm. and, and, and how she she goes from essentially being um, not a force user to being one of the greatest force users, and then their their children and the solo children, and it just goes generation after generation, and the force really. The, it, the story is told through them. So that, for me, is a, why I do care about the Skywalkers and why I do ultimately hope that that, that stays a theme through this story. Um, because what? I just don't think we'll ever go back to the Knights of Old Republic. The, the Force is no longer the story. It's just a, a state of being right. uh, kind of st- standpoint when i think that you could also do a show like a a live action tv series that's set in the current timeline but keep it away from what's actually going on yeah i mean it's very much like agents of shield sometimes like reflects what's going on in the marvel universe and vice versa whenever there's a movie coming out yeah exactly like you give them the room to create what they're creating but you also find a way to tie in the other stuff so like when, you know, if they developed a series that's supposed to take place, you know, around the time of, you know, episode eight coming out, they could definitely, like, maybe try to do a better job of crafting, you know, what the, the story is going in, and then, like, give them that kind of breathing room while the, the sure. next movie is being created to tell their own stories. So, it's definitely doable. I mean, they've, they've shown that they can do it, so it wouldn't surprise me if it shows up on ABC and it's like, yep, this is in the same universe and stuff could happen here that reflects in the movie, so you better watch it. And to That's Agents fair. of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s credit, they're doing a very good job of leading up to the Inhumans. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, yeah, I, mean, I hope that they can actually fulfill that promise because it's it's gone up and down, like, hard <laughs> well that's just beaten yeah well it's his brother jed like, yeah it, it's not even just the i'm gonna rip your soul out and make you cry kind of Whedon. it's it's just kind of up and down storytelling there will be times when i'm connecting with it and then times that i'm not like right now i'm i'm definitely a little bit more invested just because of what's happened to fitzsimmons mm-hmm. but 
Daisy I could care less for. <laughs> and did you yeah. care for her when she was Sky at first? I mean, did you... Yeah, I liked her when she was Sky. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, but ever ever since she's become Daisy, it's like, okay, that's fine, I guess. <laughs> or you well, Easter things. <laughs> I miss she Kyle McLaughlin. She's definitely taking on more of the Quake personality from the comic book. Um, which I think just doesn't work as well on TV in general. Mm -hmm. But um, I think the problem that they're having with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. right now is you get the sense that they had different plans and those fell through. And so I think their original intent was to queue up the Inhuman story and then kind of go in a different direction. And then that fell through, right? And the spinoff yeah. fell through. And so now they're trying to reconcile all of that. And I, it seems a little cluttered. The storytelling seems a little cluttered at the moment. Um, and I agree with you, Tiffany. I think the Fitzsimmons story at the moment is probably the best story being told. Yeah. And... Because they're ignoring May. And for me, the May story just isn't compelling anymore. Okay, we get it. She's got issues, and now her husband is dead. (laughs) Spoilers for Agents of (laughs) S.H.I.E.L.D. So, like, at some point, okay, May, we, yeah, I'm just, I'm over it, right? So, I I think that the, the, the best story being told at the moment is Fitzsimmons, and then the the Bobby story is kind of number two. So, Ish. but again, I think because those were the two stories I think they wanted to tell, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and all the rest of it is just kind of like, oh, all right, well, we got to keep telling the story. So, you know, um, <clears throat> I guess the only one that I really don't give any sort of shits about is Ward. Like they they made him compelling. And they actually made me interested in him in his fall, etc. And now I just don't care at all. Now it's just like, okay, we get it. You like the actor. He needs right. to die. <laughs> yeah. It's like, like they, please just stop. They had no compunction about killing other people. I mean, they really should just like, oh. all right, Ward, you're done. <laughs> there, there's hey. no real good reason to keep him around other than just, oh, well, we want to bring back Hydra because we need a bad guy okay, could you not have done that other ways that were more believable? Well, there's the whole, like, the you cut one head off and two grow backs. Like, you can cut Ward's head off and I'm sure someone else will pick up the slack. (laughs) I'm positive that would happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, guys, we're at, like, we're at two hours now. I'm sure we can probably cut out a ton of stuff at the pack because nobody will care about us bitching about S.H.I.E.L.D. But oh no, most of it will stay in. for us to talk about. <laughs> most of it will stay in, but I just think two hours, we're, we're, this is probably a good place to be stopping. Um, no, probably. No, no. Uh, but before we go, we're going to do some final thoughts on, you know, hopes and dreams for the upcoming Star Wars, just or, or just kind of like thoughts in general on the franchise. So um, we're going to, JP, we'll start with you. Uh, uh, what are your closing thoughts about Star Wars Episode Seven and uh, going forward? Other than the fact that starting with me all night seems to have been a terrible idea. Well, it's, uh, that's where I'm looking at, like how you guys are ordered on Skype. It's how the justice scale works. <laughs> oh, okay. 
yeah, so I, I honestly have no doubt in my mind that I'm going to enjoy these movies. Mm-hmm. I, I'm already planning on going the Thursday, the 17th, and go see it at Downtown Disney, which, by the way, <laughs> yeah. I'm totally missed out on the $100. You got to see it at 7 o'clock on Thursday and then go to Hollywood Studios for an after party. Oh. But anyways, so, um, yeah, I, I, I'm going to like the movie. I know it. I, I can, there's no doubt in my mind that I'm not going to sit there and enjoy the movie. I think for me, it's really going to be about one, does Abrams establish something that is, um, that you, you've stripped away the expanded universe. So are you going to establish something that we can build off of? That's one. Two is are we going to get a story that isn't beholden to the almost completely psychopathic, atypical good versus bad? Or are we actually going to get a story where the characters, whether good or bad, are relatable and I care about them going on into eternity? Mm. All right. James? I mean, it's it's much the same. Um, I mean, it's it is very much like, what are we doing with the current old generation that's there? Um, how how are they affecting the universe in a pronounced way, um, and how are they passing that torch? Um, yeah, and is it something um, I'm I want to be able to treasure this much in the same way I treasure the original trilogy. Because that's that's the universe I grew up with. I mean, my nieces, it was totally different. Like, for them, it's the prequels. There's like, oh, my God. Um, <laughs> you're fucking idiots. But uh, you're cute. You're cute and adorable. But no. You don't know any better. Um, you know, so it's, it's one of those, like, I want, I so much want this new series of movies in this universe to bind the two together to really bring both those generations together and meet in, like, a happy medium between the two. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Tiff? I would agree with both James and JP so far. I think that continuity is going to be huge. I think that the biggest thing was actually covered early on in our talk, and that was the villain story. If they can manage to make it an actually interesting point of view where it does have some gray area and some room to be relatable, it's going to be a much better story than the, the paladin and the demon, essentially. Mm-hmm. So if, if we can manage to make an interesting and relatable story, I'm all about it. I'm, I'm going to still see it. I'm going to still probably love at least parts of it, because I even loved the, the fight series with Maul and Qui-Gon Jinn from the first movie. I will find something to love because it is my fandom. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be a question of how much. Exactly. Uh, yeah, and, and for me, like, I'm I'm just, like all of you guys, I'm super stoked. I'm just, like, <laughs> I just can't, I can't wait. December can't get here fast enough, and I'm really... Oh, I can't wait, though. I know. Uh, but I'm... I just want the movie even for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm fairly confident that Abrams is going to lay down a pretty, you know, decent foundation. Like, mm-hmm. depending on, I mean, I don't know how far he's going to take it, and yeah. by all rights, he'll probably, 
he probably won't take it so far that, uh, you know, the next movie from, I think it's what, Ryan Johnson? Um, yeah, I think it's Ryan Johnson and then Colin Trevorrow is the, the last oh. movie. Huh. Supposedly. Um, but I think he's going to lay down some solid foundations and it's, uh, it's just going to be, uh, just from what I've seen with Star Trek, I think it's going to be super awesome. Uh, so I'm looking forward help. to... Yeah, I'm looking forward to see what an actual super fan of this movie does with it. So, um, but thank you all three of you for coming on and uh, and talking Star Wars and other such things. <laughs> because we cannot stay on one tangent. Ever. I wouldn't expect it. Like, <laughs> I always make room for that. Um, Can you imagine being somebody who did expect that from any of us? Oh my lord, that would be uh, another place I used to work. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. Oh, no. I'm going to start some shit again. Uh, <laughs> but uh, once again, Jason, James, Tiffany, thank you so much for coming on. And uh, uh, obviously the three of you are all stars of this podcast, so you'll all be back at some point in some capacity. So. <laughs> like you do. Thank you for having us on. Yay. And uh, as always, good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Good night.